How's everybody doing this morning? It is no longer raining outside, although I understand the weather forecast, at least what I was told, is that it would continue to rain this week. Supposed to be a rainy week. My, 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 how the grass has grown, no doubt about it. Hey, I want to ask you to pray for me this morning. Uh, I'm going to be out at a meeting uh, and I'm going to get to share at least slightly a little bit about uh, South Sudan and uh, with some people who may have interest in in support. This is a broader broader range, broader group beyond our own local church, and uh, it's something that I, I need to take care of, need to do, is, is work at uh, uh, garnering a, a broader range of support from New England all the way down through Virginia. Uh, and uh, 
I just pray for today that I would be able just to slip in a little bit about uh, what's going on in South Sudan, my trip to South Sudan, the opportunities for South Sudan uh, to to serve in a in a place that they don't have a lot of resources, but man, are they expanding the kingdom and uh, but but could really use the resources. So pray if you would for that, and uh, I'd very very much appreciate it. We are in Acts chapter twelve, uh, and uh, by the way, anybody listening. Um, you can reach out to me. Uh, I will. I have a meeting next week, and after that meeting, hopefully I'll have a place set up in Concentric where we can do some giving uh, directly there. Uh, and right now I'm, I'm trying to keep our church unfettered from extra uh, responsibilities and tracking and things of that nature. And uh, But if, if you want to show some support, or you can wait for a, a bit until some things are online. But I know a few people said, look, I, I'm, I'm ready to help. Uh, there's also a situation in Malawi that uh, uh, 200 kids uh, going to a camp uh, where they will be equipped to, to share their faith. And uh, uh, $30 per kid uh, compared to five or $600 per kid. Uh, and just, just let me know if you say, hey, I want to, I'd like to send some money over there. In fact, I can, I can give you a link. You can send it directly to JLife. But if you want really to make sure that it gets directly to um, to Samuel Dua uh, in in uh, Malawi, uh, contact me and I'll we'll send directly right into his bank account. There, we we do have the ability to do that. Not trying to circumvent anything, just trying to expedite the process just a little bit. Uh, sometimes when we go through uh, uh, agencies and entities that we serve and work with, sometimes it does get bogged down a little bit in even sometimes delayed a whole month uh, just because of paperwork. And, and they're doing due diligence, which is good. Uh, but sometimes things need to happen a little faster than that. So uh, reach out to me uh, via Messenger, and uh, we can uh, we can talk. Let's get into Acts chapter 12. This, this particular chapter has a different feel to it. Uh, in some ways, we, we now see another uh, sad instance here. Uh, at the killing, the death of James, the brother of John. Uh, and this is what we read. It says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So, I mean... If you're watching this unfold, what you're thinking is, uh-oh, James is gone, and now they're going to get Peter. Peter, Peter's time is up. His number is up. Well, not quite yet, but they don't know that. So if you're watching this unfold, you're thinking, oh, my, and your, your heart is heavy for the death of, of James. Um, and you've seen some of the persecution happen. You know, Stephen was stoned, now... Uh, James is put to death, and uh, Peter has been arrested, and it's like, oh, they're going to shut this gospel message down. Well, nothing can thwart the gospel, nothing at all. Now, it, notice what it says. It happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover time. This is Passover time when, when this is happening, and uh, 
So it says, after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Do your um, math. That 16 soldiers are guarded, guarding Peter. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. I mean, already they were had lost um, James, already had lost Stephen. Now they're thinking, hey, we are going to also lose uh, Peter. So they are earnestly praying. Now, a few things that I'll, I'll bring out here. I mean, it's the Passover. Why is is uh, Herod so worked up about the Passover this time of year? Well, because there's a lot of people in Jerusalem, and uh, the crowds are usually huge. Now, crowds then aren't anything compared to the crowds that happen today. I mean, the crowds are far larger today, but but nonetheless, the city would swell with people for Passover, uh, for Pentecost. Uh, and for the Feast of Booths, those three holidays in particular, there was a groundswell of people who would come to Jerusalem for those times. And so Herod's thinking, hey, I'll get these ringleaders and I'll kind of quell this Christian commotion that is being created uh, in their proclamations. So by uh, putting James to death and arresting Peter, his thought is, aha, we will stop this in its tracks, and we will not have any of this Christian commotion. Verse 5 said that the church was earnestly praying. Now, what I want to draw out of that is, folks, as churches, we need to earnestly pray. There are things for which we need to earnestly pray, and and I need to up the prayer in my own life. I need to up prayer as a leader, and I need to up prayer um, within the ministries that I influence because prayer is critical. And they earnestly prayed, and we pray, but do we earnestly pray? You know, and uh, now this might not be foreign to the church you participate in, but in our church, you know, uh, it's it's foreign. The idea is typically a pastoral prayer or an elder prayer or something like that. But what if we were to break out into small prayer groups in our congregation? I can tell you this is this is what I would see in some of our church, and it's sad. I'm gonna I'm gonna move my microphone so you can see it. Now I hate saying that, but sometimes that is what happens when I say, hey, let's get into little groups and do this. Now, some people have maybe legitimate reasons. You get into a group of people and there's a bunch of noise. They don't hear so well. I I understand that. And I will give those people somewhat of a pass. But you know what? I would rather that that those folks, in fact, maybe I need to go talk to some of these folks and say, look, I know you have a hard time hearing. Just turn your hearing aid off. Don't worry about hearing any of it. But be a leader and and, and go with the flow here because we need prayer or we need dialogue or we need community or we need family. We need these types of things. The church was earnestly praying. And there are some people who do gather on Wednesday morning. Uh, Coming up the end of this month, there will be a prayer um, 
potluck and prayer gathering uh, after the service, the end of the month. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure that that's in our bulletin. Uh, now that I'm thinking of it, we need to make sure that is in there and gets promoted. This is only going to be a few weeks away now, and uh, we need to let make sure people know about that. So, uh, But they were earnestly praying. We pray, but, but you add the word earnestly, intently looking to God, that we would be people who would also intently look to God for what God would do. Uh, we need to long, we need to cry out to God. And sometimes we look at people who are intense and uh, earnest in prayer and look at them like crazy people. Well, actually, if you look just at this verse, Acts 12, 5, they're the ones who are the more spiritual people. They're the ones who are maybe more in tune with God than those of us that that sit back judging everything. And uh, um, would we lead out in prayer? Would we be people of earnest prayer? Now, what happens? Let, let, let's, let's continue on down in the text here to see just exactly what happens. Let me move it up a little bit uh, in the screen for us. There you go. It says the night before uh, Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, likely on his hands and feet. <clears throat> and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. So there are two on either side and sentries uh, at uh, the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up, said, quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off. Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. So Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first. You ever been there? Let me just stop at verse nine. You ever been there where Something's happening, and it's like, is this really happening? Uh, it's like that time when you, you fall asleep in like the middle of the afternoon, and you wake up, and it's 6 o'clock, and you don't know, is it six, and the lighting is just so, the time of year, you don't know. Is it morning? Is it 6 in the morning? Did I sleep all these hours, or at 6 o'clock at night? You ever had that situation? I, I've done that a few times where it's like, you wake up and you slept so soundly and so deeply, but you wake up and it's like, I don't know what time it is. And this is kind of Peter or, or you have a dream that is so vivid that it almost seems like it's real. And this is Peter's situation. You ever have a dream like that where it's, it's so vivid and it doesn't have bizarre things in it. it has somewhat normal things in it. And some of our dreams can be rather bizarre. Can they not? So Peter is, is thinking that, uh, he is, uh, perhaps seeing a vision, doesn't realize that this is really happening yet. Verse 9, he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them itself. Now there's another thing. And they went through it when they walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Now, I'm just going to stop there for a second. I want to talk about sometimes there are bizarre things that happen. In the Bible, there are a couple of instances of things that, that 
lead us to realize that supernatural workings or workings uh, of another world uh, are are not foreign things. They're not just television. You know, sometimes it's like something happened and it was mysterious. Well, maybe it was demonic. Maybe it was angelic. Um, and, and here in this passage, we see one of these instances. Verse 10 said, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them how, in verse 10, look at it right here, opened for them by itself. Well, it didn't open by itself. It was a supernatural act of God to open that that gate. It uh, It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Now, an angel, was it another angel, an invisible angel uh, that opened the gate? Now, the other thing I want to say is some people are thinking that these things happen all the time. No, there are some people who are always looking for these types of things to happen. And I'm talking even Christian people, uh, and especially Christian people who are looking for these types of things uh, to happen. Look, the, the the great measure of the scriptures, while it has some phenomenal stories in it, when you consider all the years covered, the uh, the, ex, the these uh, tremendous things that happen, like the gate opening for uh, by itself, is uh, is is an exception and not a rule. So don't always be looking for something like that to happen. I'm not saying things like that can't happen. I believe they do. They they happen right here in, in in the text of scripture, but I, but for you to think, hey, I'm going to have this experience every day or every week or every month, uh, it, it's likely. Don't don't keep looking for the miracles. Don't keep looking for uh, those those phenomenal, unexplainable, uh, otherworldly, supernatural things to always happen. Now, when I say don't look for miracles, miracles, I mean. You can look for miracles every day. You can look for the hand of God every day. You can look for the work of God every day. We should look for the hand and the work of God every day. But things like this, this is what I'm talking about. And sometimes when when you're so wrapped up looking for stuff like that, you miss the stuff that God is doing all around you that might not seem to be quite so otherworldly, might not seem to be quite so supernatural. But nonetheless, God is at work. And, And so we pray for his work to be done. Now, let's continue in the text. Verse 10 said, the angel left him, and then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. What were they anticipating? They were likely anticipating the death. They were likely anticipating another lynching, like Jesus was lynched. They're anticipating another lynching of Peter, and as James probably was put to the sword publicly, they were anticipating that uh, Peter would be put to the sword publicly. So, so that's that's what the Jewish people are anticipating. Um, that's what Peter was anticipating, and Jesus had told Peter how he would die back in John chapter twenty-one that he would die uh, stripped naked and hung upside down from a cross. So he's anticipating this is what's going to happen to him but not yet. 
Verse 12 says, When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Now, the houses weren't that big. The houses weren't that big. Um, but nonetheless, they would crowd in 30 people, 40 people, 60 people. I mean, they might crowd in a lot of people, standing room only, and they, they've crowded in. They're praying together. Uh, oh, that we would do more of these things. When something tremendous is on the docket, <clears throat> that we, as God's people, would come together and pray. Now, there are things going on in state government that God's people need to gather together and pray concerning. I mean, there are some absolutely horrific bills being proposed. And, and, and yes, we should write to our senators and to our representatives and to the governor. We should make our voices heard as happened in historic fashion back in was it March or was it May? I forget which month it was that so many people went, it was in May, went to the state house here uh, in Augusta in Maine. Uh, probably a thousand plus, a few thousand people went and uh, testimonials uh, all day and all night and into the next day. And <clears throat> we need to do things like that, but we also need to pray. So, they had gathered together, it says in verse 12. Many people had gathered and were praying. It says, Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to the door to answer. And this is comical. This is so funny. It says, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> Here's Peter. He has just escaped from prison. He goes and knocks on the door, and the girl comes to the door but doesn't let him in. And he has just escaped. Uh, he has just escaped from prison. It could be could be being hotly pursued. How does she know that he's not being hotly pursued? And the fact is, she leaves him standing outside because she is so overjoyed. It said. So what happened? Uh, the people responded to her. They said, you're out of your mind. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they were astonished. I mean, sometimes that is us, is it not? We pray for something, and we are absolutely astonished when we see God answer. Uh, and maybe that's because often enough God says, you need to wait or you're not aligned enough, or there's something else I, I need to do in and through your life. There's all kinds of reasons why we do not see those answers. And uh, so we, um, we find ourselves surprised, astonished, uh, saying, hey, this, is, this is weird. Well, why, why should it be weird? God answers prayer. Uh, and especially in this instance, they were astonished. Oh, that we'd oh that we'd pray more. Oh, that we'd pray together more. Uh, oh, that we would see more and more incredible works of God. 
that's our that that should be our prayer. I mean, prayers for South Sudan, incredible works that we would lo- love to see done there. I mean, it would be great to raise up uh, ten grand, get the roof on their building, uh, get get another structure up and going in uh, in Kenya, Kakama, the refugee village where there are a lot of South Sudanese refugees uh, there in Kakama, and in one of the one of the towns there, one of the villages needing to have its uh, um, have a structured meeting. I, I just got a picture of them meeting under the tree, a whole group of people meeting uh, underneath the tree. And uh, so I, I share that with you. In fact, maybe I should see if I can find that picture uh, and put up for you. I'll take a look here quickly and see if I can pull it up. I did have some issues yesterday on Facebook, uh, which uh, I believe I have gotten solved. Uh, let me, uh, I'll put that picture up for you. I want you to see it. Well, it's, hold on there. No. Well, friends, I, I'm going to keep going here. And uh, what I thought I was going to be able to uh, to give you it was uh, anyway, let, let me get out of there. I'm not going to worry about this right at the moment. I was going to show a picture, but uh, I need to do something to get logged in to, to that account. Uh, I will show you what that is there. Um, maybe tomorrow, but but to be praying for what God would do there, praying for what God would do here, uh, praying for Fairhaven camps uh, here locally to have its best summer it's had in years, praying for New England Bible College and seminary, uh, praying for the expansion of the church uh, in uh, in Maine, praying for the revitalization of the church in Maine. So many things for which we can pray. Now, let me finish out these last few verses. I'm almost to the end of my time. Uh, now, what happens is this. Peter motions. They're astonished. They've prayed. Uh, verse 17 says, Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet, and he described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. So let's tell James and the brothers about this. Now, this is James, the brother of Jesus, not James, the brother of John, because he is now dead. So tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion. I love the way this is stated. Uh, In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea Maritima where he stayed for a while. Now, it doesn't say Maritima, but we know that's where he was going. Um, so a whole bunch of people killed as a result of what happens with Peter, but not Peter. He is not one of the ones who's killed. Now, let me finish this chapter. It says, he'd been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon 
which were a little bit further north, what up in now what is Lebanon, uh, about 12 miles apart, uh, seashore, Mediterranean Sea uh, cities, port cities. Uh, they had joined together and sought an audience with him. Having secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. Uh, on the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat in his throne and delivered uh, a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a god and not a man. They, they were treating him uh, like, and this is Herod Agrippa even, not, not even Herod uh, the Great. Uh, this is the voice of a god, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Well, interesting what happens to uh, to Herod in this, his death. Sometimes when we stand up and, and shake our fist in God's face, God takes us out. And that is exactly what happened with Herod. Rather, as people began to worship him rather than in giving praise to God and saying, well, I'm not a God, I'm just a man like you, but I'm a great man, no doubt about it. And I'm like my father, really, really great. But uh, no, the result of this Herod's life was the fact that he boasted, was filled with pride. The end result was a horrific death being eaten by worms. We need to be humble before God. Uh, we, we need to not be filled with pride like uh, we see Herod being filled with pride. In this chapter, we've, we've read about a lot of death. Uh, we saw the death of James. We saw the deliverance of Peter. Uh, but then also we saw the, the death of these guards because uh, Herod did a cross search with them. Uh, he wasn't satisfied with the answer. He said, this can't happen. And so he had these guards put to death. And uh, they, they're put to death. So we see death. And then ultimately, the chapter ends with the death of Herod. But in the midst of all this, God does great things. God delivers Peter uh, from, from uh, the penalty of death. Uh, and the result is the penalty of death from God, uh, the punishment from God, the anger of God, the judgment of God falls upon Herod. And in this chapter, we read about his death. God can work in all kinds of ways. It, it is to us to trust him. Well, it is the end of the end of my time here this morning. I am committed to trying to keep these to roughly half an hour in length. And uh, we do pray for brothers and sisters around the world. Uh, there are all kinds of needs in all kinds of places. I just want to say that we're we're not a place that can meet all of those needs. And uh, we, we will meet the needs uh, as we're able in places where we have direct relationship. Uh, but we do pray uh, for the needs around the world. Uh Regala has shared about her needs, and hopefully she is doing okay. And uh, uh, Santhus Paul, 
saying, please pray for my ministry development. We want to see ministries develop that make disciples. That is our prayer. Uh, not only make disciples, but multiply disciples. That That is absolutely our prayer. And uh, we pray toward that end that, that, uh, uh, that your ministry will develop, that you will make disciples, uh, that you'll be rooted uh, in the Word of God, centered upon Jesus Christ, uh, and dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit uh, to do his work in your midst. Many great things happening in places in India. And uh, so, Lord, pour out your spirit there. Uh, provide for the needs of brothers and sisters in, in places like India. And there are parts of India that are very well-developed and places in uh, India that are not. Uh, and also, uh, uh, we pray for South Sudan. Uh, we pray for Malawi. Uh, that uh, and Lord, we pray for ourselves that you'd help us as we've read about the people in the book of Acts, that, that we would invest in things of eternal consequence. Lord, move in our hearts. Lord, hear our prayers, we pray in Jesus' name. Friends, have a great day. Uh, we'll pick up Acts chapter 13 tomorrow. We'll see you then.